happened. That night science made its greatest mistake. What? Unknown terror was born that night. What is the terrifying mutant that strikes from behind the shroud of night? That night. That night of the Lepus. So the Wicker Man, well, the, thank you. the good version. Wicker Man, yeah, the good and version. And it's full screen. Uh-huh. So it chops off his legs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could expect only the best from Big Lots. <laughs> full screen. Why did they even put out a full screen edition? I don't know. I don't know. When did this come out? 1980? <laughs> 2006. It's like a booby prize. Standard version. Man. Oh, side B, widescreen version. Oh, okay. shit, sorry. Full screen edition, and then on the back it says widescreen edition and standard version. Okay, well, whatever. Alternate ending. You can pretend it's 1994 or whatever. 2006. Is that what year that came out? Yes. I'm just amazed that they did a that there's a full screen edition these days. Now why would they do that? Yeah. Well, it came out 11 years ago, is why. Even then. Yeah. All right, we've assembled like Voltron. It's all three of us again. Yay. Yeah. Hey, listeners, you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies and other stuff. And um, we're not professional critics, so don't expect that from us. Uh, we thank you, Moonrays, for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Uh, listeners, I thought you this buy was that? a show about sandwich making and theater design. I, You know what? That's a, probably a better show. <laughs> Chewing the scenery? Yeah. You know, cooking? Yeah. I've, have you seen, uh, the, what is that show called? Nailed It? Have you seen that? No. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like Cake Rex in person, like live. Well, recorded what in the a studio. the hell is Cake Rex? Oh, that's... Uh, Emily sends me photos from that. Yeah. Cake Rex is... Um, the, it's a website that shows... 
people attempting to make fancy cakes and then fucking them up. Oh, okay, I've seen or, that. Or yeah. they order a cake and they've it's like, not a dinosaur <laughs> well, right. made out of cake, is it? No, sometimes, not REX. Sometimes like they they order a, a yeah. message on there and, and then they're like in blue underlining, right? And they put that on the. God loves everyone in a heart. Yes, and it literally says God loves everyone in a heart. Right. Uh, so yes, um, Moonrays. Yes, if you want to buy their music uh, digitally, get them on iTunes or Amazon, and uh, say hi to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. Uh, I think that's it. Isn't that what we always say at the beginning of this thing? I think so. Um, oh, we're gonna spoil stuff. Oh yeah, and we're yeah. not critics. I think I did we mention did that. One. Yep. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, we're all three here. I think I mentioned uh-huh. that. Uh, Jolien, welcome it, back. We're just about to have the Easter. Yes. Okay. So Easter, um, Resurrection and Rabbits. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of movie did you watch, Will? I watched Night of the Lepus. Me too. Jolien, did you see it? Yep. Oh, good. Good. Because I watched that <laughs> that piece of oh, yes. cinema. <laughs> I've watched that. That well, steaming pile of cinema. three times now. <laughs> oh, you've seen it before. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you ever seen... Have you ever seen a squirrel that was taking a dump or a rabbit that wasn't? <laughs> so where was the rabbit turds in this movie? Yeah. Oh, man. Shouldn't they have been the size of bowling balls? Mm-hmm. Why Why is Space Wizards your hang-up? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. This is what stopped you? <laughs> yeah, actually, in this case, it does. Um, Why wasn't the whole movie the guy in the bunny suit killing people? Oh, I would love that. You know, because they had at least one bunny suit, right? <laughs> it's or a puppet, like a really. Crappy... They did have some yeah, puppets. There, was, there, was there were a couple suit. puppets, but there was a bunny suit because he would mm-hmm. jump out and jump on people. And a horse. And a horse. That's right. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Wait, was it a horse suit or was it a guy in a bunny suit attacking a horse? I think there was a real horse and a real bunny suit. <laughs> a real bunny suit, yes. Uh, do we want to do recently watched? <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to get right into that. Well, I, I think now people's expectations have bottomed out. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to talk about for Night of the Lepus. You know what? My, my list is pretty oh, short. Oh, did you know that Lepus means rabbit? Oh, is it in Latin or something? <laughs> Did you see the scientist using that microscope? He grabbed oh. the course adjustment knobs on both sides of the microscope. It was just like twirling them up and down and up and down. And I'm thinking, I remember from seventh grade biology, course adjustment knob to get you in the ballpark and then fine adjustment knob to focus on whatever thing you're looking at. And this guy this was, was the same doctor who they said, could it be a vampire? <laughs> yeah. 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 Goes, totally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Could be. <laughs> yeah. I have that noted here. You know, that, I forget his name, but that guy is, uh, he, he was the husband of Dion Warwick. Oh, oh really? really? Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to say it's Leon Warwick. And then he said something else, right? Oh, it could be a saber-toothed cat. Yes, yes, I wrote that. Yeah, yeah. you're not a real doctor. Whole pack of saber-toothed tigers. So there was this uh, <laughs> there, there was this coat closet and it had some white coats in it. And he just put one on. Well, that's the, that's the thing so. with small town pathologists. They come yeah. up with these wild ideas. Yeah, yeah, that's the very it could gets, be a vampire. Gets drummed out of them if they go work in the city. <laughs> so, yeah. Vampires, saber-toothed tigers. Look. Look, look, it's all, not working out. All of the above. <laughs> all right. What did you watch since last time, Will? Let's go ahead and do uh, it. Who can remember? 
Uh, not me. With the uh, mind eraser that was Night of the Lepus. Holy crap. <laughs> um, um, I watched uh, Ricky Gervais' stand-up special. How was it? Oh, the new one. Uh, it was all right. Ricky Gervais sometimes comes across as like, you're damn lucky you came up with The Office. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're not really, you don't really have much else going for you, <laughs> do you? <laughs> well, He'd laugh at that. I probably <laughs> He's a dick. He'd laugh. <laughs> well, I think being a dick is kind of his shtick. Yeah. It is. It is. It's a dick uh, shtick. And that's the whole special. It was It was good enough. Uh, um, not everything made me laugh, you know, but it's only like an hour. Right. I never did go back and watch the rest of that Chris Rock special, so I should probably just back-to-back those two. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, what else did I watch? Um Oh, uh, Jessica Jones season two. We started that. Mm. I'm almost uh, through. I think I just finished it. It feels like a sophomore slump. Uh, really? Well, mm. I like the season. I, I like the characters, but I don't feel like they're really doing much with it. It just kind of. It, it go. How many episodes in are you? Two or three? Five, maybe. I think it's going to pick up for you a bit. I think yeah. you'll be. I think you'll be okay with it. Um, it, from in my opinion, anyway. Um, it, it benefits from showing deeply flawed characters, and, and that's yeah. what, what's so enjoyable about it for me, anyway. Yeah, it's like superheroes that are just super, just don't do it for me. And then, like Tony Stark is just rich, so it's like, well, even if he didn't have his He's super suit, egotistical alcoholic. Yeah, he's got lots of flaws. Yeah, yeah sure. Tony Stark's got a lot of flaws. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what I'm saying is like he's he's another one. But if you took away if you took away his flaws, he would still have his money. Oh. I guess is what I'm saying. And if Jessica Jones, if you took away her flaws, she would just be uh, in a lot of trouble. I guess. I mean, she would still be like in a financial spot where she was just living in a crappy apartment trying to make ends meet. Yeah. So it, both of those things make her interesting, I guess. Anywho. I think there needs to be a superhero group. She goes to anger management this season, so I think there needs to be an entire superhero <laughs> group in anger management. Yeah. And that's it. You just meet them each week in anger management. That would make sense. Yeah. I would like that. It's like that. Uh, what was that thing they used to do on IFC? It was a, I think it was dinner for five or something. They used to have a bunch of celebrities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was kind of cool. So what else did you watch? Um, I believe that was probably it. Yeah. Well, I, I could keep it short. Uh, I watched Jessica Jones, most of it, I think. Uh, that Scientology thing, that Leah Remini, uh, Scientology in the Aftermath. Yeah. I watched the the rest of season two. and that's, Two seasons There's two already. seasons of this. And it's it gets no more... No way Scientology can have that many secrets. Oh, well, <laughs> secrets and, uh, and other kinds of skeletons in their closets. But uh, no. it's, it's, it's all being kind of pushed out into the daylight so it's it's interesting um definitely worth a watch i did watch three billboards outside ebbing missouri yeah how was it i enjoyed it uh i thought it was well made uh some of the characters i think are deliberately uh kind of off the deep end 
you know, they're a little exaggerated. Like the one guy uh, that Sam Rockwell plays isn't, it's not enough that he's just racist and violent and kind of over the top. He, he's ridiculous with it. And that's how he's written. And I think for being that exaggerated, it's supposed to be a dark comedy, right? It is. And it does play that way. Uh, All the characters who are experiencing tragedy are also funny in a way. Mm. And, uh, and Francis McDormand is, is great. She does a really good job in this. And, uh, you know, she delivers the humor really well. And, it's one of Woody Harrelson's better roles. I think that they couldn't have cast this thing better. It was really great um, hmm. as far as casting. And the story, yeah, it is a dark comedy, and you do expect uh, the next weird, tragic thing to actually get some laughs out of you. So, yeah. Hmm. But the characters do some stuff that that if it weren't a dark comedy, if it, <clears throat> if it were just a drama that had moments of levity and humor, uh, you'd be like, oh, no, they took that too far. But being that you expect it to be, you know, as much a comedy as anything else, it, it does work. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. I do recommend it. Um, and outside of that, I don't think I've watched much else. It's been a pretty busy week. And uh, I think I might have watched one more of George Scott, uh, which I'm enjoying. What? That that uh, That's the Pardon My Murder Sweden. Oh, yes. Uh, it's, it's on Shudder. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they just dropped season two, so I'm like three or four episodes into season one. Oh, okay. So I've got plenty ahead of me if I decide I want to go bananas and binge it. Okay. That's it for me, Julian. Uh, I've just watched a few things because I've been busy too. Uh, <laughs> you did a poster for Dana Gould. Yes. Uh, with a giant green head. And that show is, well, this weekend as we record. Yeah. And uh, this previous weekend, for those of you listening. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I hope those of you that went enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, so Burning Metronome issue eight just came out, I think. And I'll be at the Dink Show and Denver Comic Con for that. And I'm also doing the um, Greatest Team Ever series for people who run the Denver Comic Con. Anyway. So um, you're a presenter at both shows? Not presenter, just... Attendees. I'll be at the table. At the table. Oh, okay. And they, you know, got a pass and stuff. So. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. So I watched. Uh, I watched a few more things on Shudder. Um, Body Puzzle. How, okay. What was that? Lamberto Barba oh. film from nineteen ninety one. So you clicked on the thing that said Barbathon. <laughs> well, I've seen most of Lamberto Barber's stuff, and some of it I really like, and some of it's kind of like TV movie, mm. but not a particularly good one. And yeah. this is one of those. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's just it just feels kind of bland. Scenes happen. Uh, the cops are pretty much irrelevant, but you spend so much time with them. Uh, the hero is pretty bland. Uh, the killings are ridiculously bloodless. I wonder hmm. if this was one of his made-for-TV ones, because, like, um, if someone is collecting body parts, Yeah, you find out why after a, after a while. You can probably guess from the title. Um, but anyway, this this guy gets... Uh, he gets st- stabbed in, uh, in a swimming pool. No blood. No. Hmm. Um, and, and every time the killer goes on a you know he's going to murder someone you hear uh he, he's got headphones on plays night on the bear mountain oh okay so kind of you know it's, it's a cross between 
Giallo and Fantasia. Yeah. Um, kills a teacher in front of a class. That's a, probably the most taboo-breaking bit. There's <laughs> always kids watching their teacher and then he just walks in and kills her. Wow. Did it seem to be a beloved teacher or kind of a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I had some teachers that I would have just been like, hmm. And she was... Okay. She, I, I, uh, she was like um, this Italian, young Italian actress mm. playing a teacher. It's like, I never had a teacher who looked like that. I had one that, that looked really good, but I don't know. She... You were f- having Van Halen-like feelings for? Uh, yeah, totally. I shouldn't say too Panama? much about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jump. Ice what? Cream Man. I don't know. Ice Cream Man. I don't know any other Van Halen songs. Well, <laughs> uh, what's weird is if we kept naming them, you would know them. Yeah, I'm sure. That's the weird thing about Van Halen. It's like if you haven't listened to them in 15 years, literally every day. 15. I don't know. Longer than that. 25. 30. Well, speaking of jump, there's a uh, ridiculous jump uh, involving a freezer in this movie. It's just Mm. like... uh, And there's the good old pathologist who eats sandwiches while he's explaining to the cops. Oh, (laughs) man. Do they have a drunk that rubs his eyes and throws the bottle away, too? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, uh, Joanna Pakula plays the uh, the the lead woman. So hmm. She's interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. Got that interesting kind of face. Do you, do you know her? I don't, I don't not, know if I know not her. Not from memory, no. Uh, she was in, I think, The Bite. Huh. You'll, you'll recognize her. She's got yeah. very distinctive face. Very okay. Interesting features. Um, then uh, another Italian one called Ghost House from 1987. Uh by uh, Umberto Lenzi. Uh, so in, in, in Italy, Evil Dead 1 and 2 re- were released as uh, La Casa. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then they started making other La Casa movies, which had nothing to do with it. They were just set in the house. Yeah. Um, because Italy, in, in cinematic terms, is, go- is God's blind spot, right? <laughs> like, like, like literally nothing you could do will you ever get busted for. No, we make it the Jaws. No, you can't just they make have, Jaws. an actual word for it. What is that? Oh, um, mockbusters? No. <laughs> no. Because, you know, like Mad Max comes out and then you, know, then you get a dozen yeah. post-apocalypse bikers yeah. a week later. I forget the term for it, but they have an actual word for it where it's like um, with the habit of like wherever successful, they'll all jump on it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so this one's Ghost House. Um, you have a Boston ham radio guy. Oh, God, I've seen this one. <laughs> <laughs> calls, I thought it was this one. Yeah, he calls Denver and yep. he gets weird interference. Oh. And uh, isn't he asking some question like, "Who's hotter, Denver, something, something. Samantha Eggert, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Kelly we'll, LeBrock?" I don't right, remember, right. Whoever but... is hot in '87. Yeah. So the gang uh, tracks the uh, the interference to this house on the shore of Massachusetts, uh, which was where a couple was killed in 1967. Hmm. And uh, there's an evil clown thing in there. Uh, there's a creepy janitor. Uh, there's a really cruddy 1987-style guitar and synth soundtrack. Mm. You're making it sound fashions. way better than it is. You know, 
uh, t-shirts with shoulder pads. Yeah. You know? Jesus. Uh, it's, it's really dull, incredibly bad acting. Uh, but the kills are okay. Uh, you've got Lara Wendell from Tenebrae, isn't it? It's so... Got- so it's got a creepy janitor yeah. or, or what we in America would call a janitor. <laughs> and then, uh, then I, I started, uh, La Casa four from 1988, AKA witchery, AKA <laughs> evil encounters. <laughs> so this one, you, promising cast. You've got Linda Blair, David Hasselhoff <laughs> with his wife of the time, Catherine Hinkland and the last role of, uh, Hildegard Neff. Oh uh, so this is another big house on the Massachusetts coast. Um, Linda Blair asks her mother, what possessed you to buy this place? Ooh. Um, and then uh, David Hasselhoff is trying to deflower his girlfriend there who's studying witches. I've got about 15 minutes into this. Mm, that good. <laughs> uh, I might get back to it. It's on Shadow. What's it called again? Uh, it... They list it as witchery. Okay. So it's not the uh, one that had Orson Welles in it. No. Okay. Unfortunately. Uh, anyway. La Casa 4. La Casa Falls. Those are the horror movies I watched. Uh watched uh, uh, Love in the Afternoon, uh, which is the last of Eric Romer's um, Six Moral Tales series. Uh, so this was remade by Chris Rock. As, oh, wow. uh, I think I love my wife about 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is the, uh, the original French version, Bernard Verley and Francois Verley. Zuzu. Um, this is kind of, so the six moral tales that always involve like a, a guy he's he's easy. The married reason is some kind of relationship. He gets tempted by someone else and it's his, what he, his, his decisions he makes um anyway um so in this case he's his, uh, zuzu turns up at his place in his office in paris and uh and it's kind of like a um fantasy about uh, uh having an affair but not quite because hmm. uh yeah i i won't, I won't give away it's, it's a really good film but it's, it's kind of like Okay. How moral is this guy? Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, and then I watched uh, Blade of the Immortal from last year, which is the 100th film of Takashi Miike. Oh, wow. Yeah. Apparently. How was it? Uh, huge body count. Yeah. But I've seen many a samurai film with way less violence in it, which was much more exciting. Mm. Uh, I found this one quite dull. I was, I was kind of yeah. about four or five minutes into it. I was kind of bored by it. Uh, uh, have you seen it? I read the comic. I read the manga. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, long time ago, and I never finished it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably still being written. They put, there were like <laughs> yeah, thirty-seven what, 30 volumes mo- yeah, last time I saw. Volumes, yeah. I read the first couple, and right, it was right. a pretty bloody. Yeah. Uh, comic but yeah, it's I have pretty not faithful s- to that yeah. yeah i've not seen the movie i saw the trailer and mm-hmm. i had that fear that like uh, this might be really awesome or this is going to be really dull yeah it's not awesome yeah darn uh it it you know it it does a good job of reproducing the characters like even the really bizarre supernatural yeah characters from the 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 manga um 
and it, it kind of tones down the symbol on his back, oh. so it doesn't look so much like something that would offend yeah. people. Um, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, so it's got uh, Takeo Kimura, aka uh, Kimutaku. He was a uh, he, he was like in this huge boy band in Japan called SMAP. <laughs> But he, yeah, so he, he he's done some good. Uh, he's got done several good roles. Yeah, uh, and this one he's he's good at the the physical stuff, and, and he do, he does a lot of it. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he like in, in like classic samurai movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thinking from like fifty years ago or so. Uh, you'd have like the second or third henchman down would be this like uh, guy who acts all tough by being all bored with yeah whatever's confronting him. But then like in the, I guess the 90s, this became the standard way of behaving for even the heroes. You know, like, oh. yeah, I'm so bored, you know, I can just I can just smash you up in a second if I was yeah. really bothered. And it's it's just dull to watch. I wish I'd mm. get over it. You know, it's like if the if the lead guy in this had been more intense and interesting to watch, it would be a yeah. much, much more interesting movie. And he can do it. He's a better actor. But oh, yeah. um, but any, anyway, um, or if you're a fan of the the manga, it's a, it's a pretty faithful, faithful, and it does a good job of making a like a cohesive story, even if you haven't read it. Yeah. Um, hmm. So yeah, it was okay. But anyway, that's what I watched. I have to double back on something. Um, Will, do you remember I was telling you about the movie I, I had started called The Woman? Yes. And it's about this guy who seems like he's a bad person, and he captures a woman and uh, puts her up in the garage with this weird police system. Um, he's not a bad person, as it turns out. He's the worst person, except for his shitty son, who's like 12 or 13, who's even worse than him. Uh, it's just, it's so weird. It, okay, Lucky McKee directed this. I, okay. I don't know if he wrote it as well, but he directed it for sure. And uh, it's on Shutter. And what reminded me of this was the boy band, you mentioned SMAP, mm-hmm. <laughs> reminded me of something. I had to watch something on Netflix called Strippers, which is about girls who do pole dancing and lap dancing in Scotland. And there was a funny scene where one of them's leaving the club and she walks past the sign and it says Wapping Street, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Wapping. <laughs> it just Smack. It just sounded like something that should be outside a strip club, Wapping Street. Because <laughs> they get all frustrated in the club. They got to go somewhere. Right. So there's a whole street for it. Okay. Anyway, so that was my mind bleach because I watched a <laughs> fucking movie, uh, which is, it's done really well. It goes over the top in some ways. I didn't need it to. Uh, yeah, I would say go ahead and watch it. Um, the Woman. The Woman. And it's, uh, what's her name? Pollyanna McIntosh? She's in, uh, and I knew I recognized the woman, the kind of cave woman. Even after they cleaned her up, I wasn't sure who she was. And it's this woman who's in um, The Walking Dead. Okay. She's the leader of the garbage people. Um, that doesn't matter to either one of you, but our listeners will know who I'm talking about if they've seen the show. But uh, she's quite a good actress, and uh, she can play this kind of cave woman character, this feral woman who 
apparently was raised by wolves. So I had to circle that back around because that was a recently watched plus mind bleach. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what was more distressing, but <laughs> it was kind of funny that just listening to uh, people who own the clubs and attend these clubs and work in these clubs all talking in such heavy Scottish accents. Mm. It was interesting. Anywho. Um, so, well, in, in Book Corner... Yes. Uh, reading a novel called Meddling Kids oh. by Edgar Cantero, who's a Spanish author, but it's like a it's a, a story set in um, the Pacific Northwest, uh, where it's a reunion of uh, a bunch of kids who had a like mystery solving club back mm-hmm. in the seventies, like Scooby Doo, and they have a dog. And, uh, ah. yeah, yeah. It, it, so it's basically the Scooby-Doo gang versus, uh, like Lovecraftian monsters of the week creatures. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's pretty funny and, and quite touching sometimes. Um, it's, yeah, it, uh, it, we're having fun reading that. Oh, that's great. It looks like you're about halfway through it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll read it at night to read it out loud. Oh, that's great. But, uh. Yeah, it's quite fun if you're into Scooby-Doo and stuff. And I think um, that Supernatural TV series, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the month, they're having a Scooby-Doo special. Oh, really? So they, oh, they really? Like meet out with the Scooby-Doo gang. Huh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> On the 29th, I think that episode goes out. That's a good idea. Anyway, yeah, rabbits. Okay. Rabbit, uh, rabbit. Uh, do either of you remember the first time you saw Night of Lepus? Uh, so 1972, uh, it looks like made for television, but it's apparently not. Nope, not no, I saw, made for television. One of those late night double bills they used to have on the BBC. Okay. Yeah. I know my, my older brother and I watched this when we were just little kids. Like we had to have been about five and six years old, six and seven. I don't know. But uh, it was probably a Saturday night movie or mm-hmm. Or who knows, like ABC Night at the Movies or whatever thing they used to yeah. do. I, we were pretty uh, pleased with this movie. I remember because it's like, holy crap, giant rabbits, mm-hmm. and they're <laughs> vicious. I think they edited all the bloody corpses out of it, and that was probably oh, about okay. it. So we were pretty happy with this. And I looked at the time code. I paused it, and I went, okay, first bunny killing situation <laughs> occurs at about 21 minutes into the movie. Mm. So when you're a kid, it's like, oh, the grown-ups talking in this thing. When are they going to do something? Mm. When's there going to be a monster? And... I felt that way watching it now. <laughs> okay, here's but the... Once they start rampaging, it's they don't let up. It's... Was it weird to either one of you that the opening credits looked like closing credits? They did like all the chem lab uh, logos and all the crap that you normally see at the very end of credits. It was... A lot of things earlier movies kind of did that you do that yeah um and there was all that archival and stock footage and i thought oh this is going to be a total edward piece of crap <laughs> and uh well and it was a different kind of crap it was a different totally piece of different, crap yeah. but it is very much in that 50s mold isn't it like, strangely yeah like them and yeah all those but uh and it even uses a bit of 50s footage yeah it's, it's got a, a couple of bits from war of the worlds oh yeah uh when the, when they're showing the army guys manning the machine guns. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought, oh, oh that looks, that's, I know that's where from. that's from. And I, and I checked it out. I, I got out my War of the Worlds DVD and checked it out. I said, yeah, that's oh, it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that was clearly from some other movie. Mm-hmm. It looked super familiar. I didn't put it together, but that totally makes sense. Um, this movie had a lot of over overdubbing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That I noticed. Yeah, you especially know, Stuart like, Whitman. Yeah, a lot of people talking when the camera's not on them. <laughs> Wonder how much how many rewrites this thing had. Oh, a lot, I'm guessing. How did you like the one guy with the miniature cowboy hat? Did you notice that? How his <laughs> his hat was about two sizes too small and kind of just like wearing it like a yarmulke on the back of his head. <laughs> it was just some weird choices. Everybody wearing cowboy outfits kind of looked like they were in cowboy drag. Yeah, a lot of the cast and crew are from westerns. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they're just like, all right, I'll put on a vest. Um, how did you feel about Janet Lee sort of having turned into her own hot mom? <laughs> did, did you feel that way about this? <laughs> like it was still her, but she looked, you know, just like 10 years older. Yeah. yeah Jamie Lee Curtis was almost in it, but she didn't want her kids to be in a horror movie. I'm sorry. Oh, really? Did, did you say horrible movie? <laughs> cause she, she did this cause it, uh, they were making it near where she lives near, uh, oh, okay. near Tucson. Ah, and you know, it was an easy gig. Hey, did you know that my ex-wife, uh, her parents, who were very religious, didn't allow her to listen to the radio because it was like secular music? And uh, what did she end up doing for a living? Radio. <laughs> there you go. Whatever you try and get your kids to not do, they're going to do that. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. What's the next stop for her? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know, Halloween and. <laughs> Oh, that horrible prom night movie and mm. some other stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Janet Lee though it was uh it was kind of cool to see her in a movie where there probably wasn't a lot of pressure, you know, to mm-hmm. be good. Yeah. <laughs> like there wasn't Alfred Hitchcock going, "Nope, do it again." <laughs> yes. Yeah, one take. That's it. <laughs> Done. Moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. So, uh, yeah, it was weird. Um, just 10 years earlier, there's Janet Lee in her underwear and boom, she's her own mom all of a sudden, uh, DeForest Kelly, uh, not mm-hmm. in his underwear for, uh, anything that I remember, but he was in Star Trek. But he in, was. He's in a mustache. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, he probably felt naked without it after this. I think this was his last movie before the Star Trek movies. Started over? No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Probably. It looked like he needed the money. <laughs> this yeah, what What did DeForest Kelly do other than Star Trek, he, he really? Was in, he was in Westerns. He had a bunch of Westerns, a bunch of TV Westerns. Yeah. Did you uh, look up the IMDb on the director of this thing? No. I was, I'm not even going to bother to look it up, but the, the guy who directed this directed a whole bunch uh, of TV, including... Yeah, William Claxton. William Claxton, including... Gunsmoke and the mm-hmm. Rifleman and yep. all kinds of... With some Twilight Zone. Yeah, there's a lot of... And you'll see a lot of this cast from those series. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is not to put any of that stuff down, but if you look at stuff going forward from Night of the Lepus, yeah, I'll go ahead and put some of that stuff down because some of it was just <laughs> stupid. But, he, you know, I don't know if he directed, like, Chips or stuff like that, but it was kind of on that level. And Little House in the Prairie, which... Maybe started out sincere and then got ridiculous. 
When the giant rabbits attacked <laughs> the little house. That marshner used to turn up. Yeah. So did you... Uh, were you surprised at this, uh, having not seen it for a few years? Or had you watched it recently? Uh, I haven't watched it recently, but, you know, it's like the third or fourth time I've seen it. Oh, okay. Like, uh, so there weren't any surprises? No. I, I, just like, I just like this kind of film. It's not a good example of either okay. eco-horror or giant bugs sort of yeah. movies, but it's fun. No, I enjoyed the soundtrack this time with all the... Uh, uh, I was doing something else while it was on, and yeah, with the, the like the blow. Yes, it's kind of kind of Brian Eno-y oh, you mean music the, that they yeah, played yeah, yeah. under the rabbits. I thought I'd like this sound, bit of soundtrack. It's like, it's like yeah, it sounds like this rumbling plumbing. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Like this early seventies synth. I can't recognize the particular. I could tell you what it sounds like. Um, the boodly 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 sound. Yeah. It sounds like the beginning of uh, that that uh, Pink Floyd uh, Interstellar Overdrive mm. from Dark Side of the Moon. But I can't recognize the uh, what it what was used to play it. Oh yeah, like I'm not good at spotting electronic instruments. It's a moog. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna throw that out there. It's, it's a moog. It's a moog. <laughs> yeah. It, it had to be pretty much. I like to Forrest Kelly refers to a, a rabbit explosion. <laughs> it's like no, actually that comes later. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the end of the third act sir <laughs> uh yeah um i like when they were in the lab the guy asks will you get me a clean rabbit and then he shoots it full of serum and then little eyebrows girl goes and switches them yep. right next to them they're yeah. in the room with her you know that's so it was pretty hard to, to miss but yeah and she favors one rabbit over the other she yeah. saves the one from yeah. experimenting by taking by replacing it with another rabbit yeah what's I didn't... going on in her little mind um, I don't know not much would be my guess <laughs> uh, how about that stupid cowboy kid with the you know his voice was changing oh, yeah. and he's like trying to lure her out to the mine I thought that was weird he seemed like he was about 13 or something yeah I don't know yeah and then he's just like those rabbits killed my chickens, and he takes it. He just wings the rabbit into the into the dirt. Yeah, two rabbits killed chickens. Has that ever happened? Um, they kill horses, don't they? In the history of ever, no. I think they shoot horses, don't they? Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I took a picture of the screen because I accidentally somehow had turned the subtitles on, <laughs> and it says "horse still groaning." <laughs> I thought you and me both, buddy. Ooh. <laughs> that was in the opening part of it. See, I'll have to make sure I did save that so I can put it on our Instagram. <laughs> What's your favorite line from this movie? God, so many, right? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, horse continues groaning. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that guy, uh, the Rory Calhoun character, he ends up doing a long walk through the desert twice. Yeah. It's like, starts off with him killing his horse and he walks and then, and then later, on later he does the same and yes. they, they won't stop for him because he has a gun so yeah. he throws it yeah so yeah he's walking down the highway the the road carrying a rifle and this couple from denver yes that's right and they don't stop for him and then they they go through this town which has been wrecked by giant rabbits and they go oh it's some kind of ghost town honey let's keep let's going keep going yeah and the kids are whining in the back seat yeah and you never see them again yeah 
Yeah, city slickers, right? <laughs> Denver. Denver. Uh, well, there was one line that I did write down <clears throat> that I thought was pretty choice. <clears throat> it said, you were in the miner's shaft when you heard her scream? Uh, yeah. My favorite one is when the deputy goes to the drive-in. Oh, yes. Attention, everyone. Heard a giant rabbit's heading this way. Yeah, yeah. and everybody listens. <laughs> nobody laughs. Nothing's, nobody yells, fuck <laughs> you. Or throws a beer bottle. Right. Anything. Sit down in front. Yeah. How yeah. many rabbits do you think they killed in this? Well, I was, and I made a note, where was the ASPCA in this situation? I don't think you actually see them killing any rabbits in this, but you see, like, a lot of rough dead, handling. Dead rabbits on fire and... Mm, yeah. yeah. A lot of rough yeah. handling oh, of rabbits. Yeah. I imagine some got killed. Which I think you can just pick a rabbit up by its scruff and, you know, toss it into... Wing it into yeah. the <clears throat> train <throat> tracks that are electrified. <laughs> sure. Uh, and this was like uh, the story... This was based on this novel called The Year of the Angry Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, which was written by this Australian, uh, Russell Braddon, in 1964. Um and I was based on the myxomatosis yeah, disasters yeah. of the 50s. Was that like the big rabbit invasion? Yeah, well, they uh, they were trying to... So people who'd like, like Australia had imported rabbits to provide meat. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the rabbit population having... Then you know, gone out you know, and they had... No predators yeah. just went crazy. And, uh, and then people decided to kill off the rabbits. So they thought... Oh, let's get in other rabbits that have this disease from, I think it was from Uganda, uh, which kills them horribly over a long period. Oh, God. And uh, so, yeah, so, you know, uh, this happened in Australia, New Zealand, Ireland. Uh, it happened to in England to uh, that killed off like 90% of the rabbit population. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I, I, my uh, uh, grandparents from the West Country, where it was, it was really bad... Um, uh, people would they they'd get uh, walking sticks with sharpened ends because you'd keep coming across a suffering rabbit that couldn't mm. move and they oh, they just kill wow. it. That's rough. Yeah. But wow. Anyway, that's, so that's a much more frightening movie than this. So he, he wrote uh, this uh, novel, which is like deliberately funny, satirical, right. where uh, uh, they they develop this super myxomatosis strain, and uh, they realize that they can. Uh, kill off any given population oh. of humans with it and uh, so Australia uses it to dominate the world and, and force people into world peace hmm. and meanwhile uh, rabbits they've been testing become giant and rampage around Australia ah wow <laughs> it, that does sound like a better story but uh, you know that that's not saying a lot is it <laughs> so maybe they'll remake it yeah. So there's the guy driving the refrigerated truck. Yeah. Which I think was full of vegetables. These bloodthirsty murdering rabbits wanted veggies as well mm-hmm. as human blood, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, this is the one scene, like, this was a total mind eraser for me. Like, I had no recollection of anything except for the slow motion, the slow motion hopping rabbits mm-hmm. and the truck driver getting killed and, and someone saying it looked like they did it with an axe. Right. That's all I remembered of this movie. Yeah. Do you notice his Wilhelm scream? Yes. That was a Wilhelm, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It was totally the Wilhelm. And 
There's a, and I talked about the Wilhelm Ricochet uh, in the episode Will and I recorded, which you haven't listened to yet, but there's a, a gun ricochet that I swear was in every single Western. Oh, and I put right. it in the background while we were talking about it. Yeah. It was the one that goes, <laughs> it's like, wow, you can't miss that one. I think there's a, another thing that like uh, the uh, uh, property department does these days, uh, well, well, over the last few decades, Every time there's like a, a young teenage boy in a movie and you, you see in his bedroom, he's got a Godzilla toy. And it's usually the same one. It's somewhere on his shelves. Really? And this happens in animation as well. Huh. Uh, and and it, sometimes it's the Aurora Godzilla. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it turns up in so many movies. You can almost guarantee it if it's like a young teenage boy. Huh. I have to watch for it. Yeah. That is interesting. Wilhelm Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, I have the notes here about the scientist deducing that it could be a vampire, but more like a saber-toothed tiger. Um, could be a guy with an axe. No, that's ridiculous. No, that's silly. Don't, you know, it couldn't be an axe with saliva on it. Uh, I made a note here that I think we found the source of Trump's hairdo. Like, basically all the men in this movie. And it's like, okay, so... His his hairstyling development sort of arrested it about 1972, <laughs> maybe 74. This could have gone on for a couple more years. Yeah, maybe. They all kind of had that winged, fluffy hairdo. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. DeForest Kelly does say a line, there are three holes here. And then another one says something about, I won't be happy till all three of those holes are plugged up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, really, dude? That's yeah, your plan to kill off a burrowing animal is to block up a tunnel. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Uh, the sound effects are hilarious, of course, with the rabbits. I wrote that down too. Um, this quickly escalates to dynamite. You know, like just like what could some possible solutions be? Ah, oh, fuck it, dynamite. <laughs> It's like every white guy with with a vest and a hat and a truck uh, just, we've got a whole stockpile of dynamite. Let's go get it. Yeah. And then, you know, go from there. They used it in the car, if you remember. Oh, yeah. It's like, what are we going to do? It's a crazy car. Probably Satan driving it. I don't know. Dynamite? Dynamite. There's a lot of mosquitoes. They're biting us everywhere. <laughs> dynamite. Yep. <laughs> You didn't even need a license for it back then or something. Yeah. Probably not. Buy it at the hardware store. Mm. I think it was probably not too far off. It was probably like a ranch supply shop. You yeah. Know, you could just go buy barbed wire and dynamite. Um, yeah. Janet Lee uh, wields a rifle and a road flare in this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's pretty capable. Yeah. She could fend off a giant rabbit. Yep. Um. Did you guys pay attention to the helicopter pilot? What about him? He looked kind of like Ryan Wilson. He kind of did. <laughs> I, I thought he kind of looked like, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the Jonestown Massacre, Jim Jones. Jim Jones? Of course everybody looked like Jim Jones at this point well, in time. Uh, did you know that the hero is played by Stuart Whitman, who played Jim Jones in... Oh, did he? In uh, a movie called something like Guyana cult tragedy or something was that one that they made late in the 70s 80s? yeah oh, okay. yeah just after the actual yeah. event yeah it would have been like the bodies weren't even cold oh geez um i was watching this and it's like clearly this guy was you know a helicopter pilot because he had to be 
And they're like, yeah, patch me through to blah, blah, blah. And you see him just kind of reach over the floor and wave his arm around a little bit. Like, yeah, I'll pretend to be mm. doing something. <laughs> there's, there's nothing over here on the other side of my leg. You Patching dummies. people, man. Yeah. Like, okay. Now I wrote a note to myself here and I don't know where it is, but, um, <clears throat> Oh, do you think we're being bullshitted about the level of difficulty flying a helicopter? Hmm. Is heli- it easier than you think? Is it? Could Probably. it be? It's just one switch. It's just a stick with a button on it, right? Yeah. It's a couple of pedals. Sure. Okay. Got a couple of pedals, a stick. What do the pedals do? Anything? Probably nothing. Nothing. I'm <laughs> they sure they're patch just... Patch you through to... <laughs> patch you through. Yeah, just... You know, headquarters. They give you your feet something to do on long flights. <laughs> That's right. I I think they're they're jealously protecting their knowledge of how to fly a helicopter by telling everybody that it's just so hard to do. It's so difficult. You'll just get killed trying. So yeah, so a child could fly a helicopter. Pretty sure they could. All right. Yeah. If our helicopter flying listeners would like to uh, correct right, us. Right. Actually, in and explain why it's so difficult. I know a guy, this guy named Marshall, who uh, actually, you know, Luke, who, uh-huh. who the the Green Beret that was here, um, his cousin is a, is a helicopter pilot. Okay. For the Coast Guard, I think. Uh, so. We ought to have these two people on speed dial in the event of a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, actually, yeah. I could I could call him, but I'm sure he'd probably be pretty busy. <laughs> what? Who point. is this? <laughs> No, it's difficult to fly a helicopter. What kind of stupid question is that? Hey, I print your cousin's t-shirts, man. Who? <laughs> prank caller, prank caller. And then he hangs up. Okay. Yeah. Um, hitchhiker waving a rifle. We, uh, rifle. We already covered that. Um, Bones, I thought, was wearing an ascot. I'm sorry, DeForest Kelly. Uh, and I thought, no, they probably don't allow ascots in Arizona. <laughs> and then I saw him in a, in a later scene, and it was actually a bandana tied like an ascot. Oh. So, you know, it's kind of like when a kid plays dress up and, you know. I think the last scene in this, when DeForest Kelly's playing football, uh-huh. was filmed in L.A., though. <laughs> probably Because right. there were a bunch of palm trees <laughs> around, and it did not look like the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if there's some, some shots they had to pick up later. Probably. Nobody would, you know. He's like, fuck no, I'm not going back to Arizona. <laughs> I'll drive over to Hollywood High School. We can play some football. Yeah. In, <laughs> insert that wherever you want, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you guys notice the marquee at the drive-in? Uh, yeah, yeah, what was, was the movie showing? M- it was the MGM. Every little crook and nanny. Right. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't not know. familiar with either of those. Yeah. It must have been another MGM film that was out at the same time. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. Well, I think we should <clears throat> review it. <laughs> yeah. If we can find it. It's probably lost to time. Um, yeah, notes again about the cop yelling over the megaphone about the herd of killer rabbits heading this way. <laughs> Quit laughing. <laughs> no, seriously, people. Go through that bottle. That, Roll right. up your windows. That's another like fifties thing they do because uh, at the end of uh, Invasion of the Sourcemen, they get all the local teens to line up their cars. That's right. Turn on their headlights. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so pretty much, you could watch any space invasion or blob movie, and you know, giant insect movie, and pretty much find all the stuff that's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, it, like them set the format for all these 
the giant animal attack yeah movies well i do have to say that we got we got our our bang for our buck as kids wanting giant murderous rabbits yep they just kept them going kind of throughout the whole movie booly 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 <laughs> here they come <laughs> booly booly <laughs> hey i think i saw that footage the spotted one the way he corners <laughs> i think i saw that like five times already yes and then leaping over the yeah, jumping off a the dirt embankment. hill yeah, yeah. <laughs> all backlit mm-hmm. it was pretty cool that they just shamelessly used that footage over and over <laughs> Through the whole movie. Well, I like when they attack the ranch. I, was, uh, I just like the imagery there. Now, when they attack the general store, one of the one of the um, goofs that you see listed says that there's a crew member that you can see on the miniature set. And I looked for him, and I didn't see him. Oh. But they said that it gives the illusion that he's like 50 feet tall. <laughs> oh, man. No, I didn't see that at all. Yeah. because I'll have to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. I, I kind of want to just... I don't know what the deal is with it, but uh, like if someone has a, a, like a still shot of it okay. with an arrow drawn at it, I would love to see it. Um, yeah. The, the, uh, the big electrocution idea. Um, they did this to the blob. Speaking of the blob. Colossal beast. Yeah. Uh, actually the blob was freezing at the roller rink, but or at the ice rink. They, yeah. They electrocute the amazing colossal man in more of the colossal beast. Okay. Can you yeah, think of any other ones? Electrocute the thing. The thing. Um, they try it on Kong, but it only makes him stronger. <laughs> yeah. So Godzilla would kill him, but, you know, we covered that with Dana Gould. Um, God, I'm trying to think of what else. They, they, they've always they've always got this, this plan to lure, and uh, I think they lured the car and then blew it up with dynamite. Right. So you got that. It's the lure, the lure and dot, dot, dot that they always do in these old movies. Step one, lure it. <laughs> Step two. Step two, dynamite. <laughs> Step three, profit. Exactly. That's kind of what they probably, I don't know if they profited. This had a oh, budget man. of almost a million dollars. Really? These people ate I, rabbit for years. I was thinking about that too. Okay, so they do the, the uh, electrocution extravaganza, somehow using the railroad tracks and some wire they hooked up. Uh, then it was like a fireworks grand finale of yeah. exploding burning rabbits. They never got the smell of burning fur out of town, I'm sure. Yeah, but I think you're right. I hope they liked rabbit. Yeah. Because there was mm. a lot of it. Like, literally tons. Like, you could feed a family off of one of these dead rabbits for, like, a year. Yeah. It's like, side of beef? Hell no. I'm going to get some of that free rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, in keeping with all the 50s movies, this had a, and everything's fine, or is it, kind of ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there was that, that resurrection scene of that rabbit kind of nosing its way out of the loose dirt. Yeah. Yes. They yeah. Used, awesome. Yeah. They used that a couple <laughs> times. I love that bit. Yeah. So this had a lot of good rabbit footage, and you know, I don't know if they uh, if they listed any rabbit wranglers in the credits, but man, they were good, whoever they were. Mm-hmm. Unless rabbits are just easy to manage, in which case, yeah, they're pretty docile. Yeah, I think if you just startle them, they'll do all that stuff we saw. Then you have to run it in sort of almost slow motion. Yeah, which only got worse as the '70s went on. 
everything was just like in slow motion for like the whole decade of the 70s and into part of the 80s. Watch an episode of Chips. Oh, yeah. Literally. There's a lot of slow motion I, I, on I, chips. I, I don't remember slow motion on chips. <laughs> all, all the uh, like the seventeen car pileups were like in slow motion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like they just cracked the code on how to do slow motion at some point in the early seventies, and they're like, "Let's do this all the time." Yeah, it's like the like the nineties, uh, um, the the dark metal jittery walk thing. Yeah, that we talked about. Yeah. As soon as someone figured out how to do it right, everyone was doing it. So, what did you like about this movie, Will? Um, <laughs> did it did it make you feel like you were you were free to do whatever you want while it was on, and you didn't have to invest yeah. yourself in it too much? Oh, certainly, yeah. yeah there of... are parts of this. I watched this movie. Maybe I mean I'd seen it before, but. I rewatched this a few years ago, and there were big chunks of it I'd already forgotten. Oh, wow. And I was like, I don't remember this scene at all. Is there a riff tracks for this? There is. I really want to pair that up. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah. So they never did an MST3K on this, though? No, I probably couldn't get the rights at the time. Well, yeah, this is one of those movies where it's like, what do they think they're sitting on? Yeah, I had to pay two ninety nine uh, to watch this damn thing. Uh, it runs out on Blu ray soon for thirty bucks. Wow, thirty bucks! Well, it'll probably come down by the time it's out, but yeah, you can wow. order it now. Yeah, I have to tell my brother. Big lots. It's in a bin. <laughs> yeah, I, I just Wicker man. I just I just have it on DVD so I can enjoy it every few years. Yeah. <laughs> This is, I think it's Janet Lee's hot mom. Oh wait, it's just Janet it's got Lee. Cool people in the cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, not a lot happens in the first twenty minutes, but you know, once it gets going, it's yeah, nonstop rabbit rage. Oh, totally. Yeah, there's 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 some pretty uh, pretty great footage in this, and and some and some acting where you could tell these folks are just not invested. Yeah, in the, it. the younger the cast people get, the worse <clears throat> they are. Oh yeah. Acting. <laughs> yeah, that little girl couldn't act her way out of a wet paper bag. And you could tell, like, all of the adult actors are just like, oh, well, I just, okay, I'll say the lines. I'll... You got Rory Calhoun's in it. Yeah. Who went on to Motel Hell, and <laughs> I think he did a Bigfoot movie. And then <laughs> well, you... it was the 70s. Yeah, and you got Stuart Whitman, who was, you know, he'd, he'd done a bunch of good westerns as yeah. well. He was in the uh, Comancheros and. Uh, yeah, um, uh, he was in uh, Eaten Alive, Ruby, uh, Guyana. Yeah, so he, he did a lot of pretty crummy, entertaining movies. Uh, Ru- Ruby, I like. That's a, that's a cool, quite quirky. I don't know that I've movie. ever seen set Ruby. At a, set at, uh, at an old drive-in. Huh. Yeah, you should check it out. Sounds. Mm, no, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like something um, I would watch. Yeah, Jolien, if you were if, if if you were to receive the phone call from me a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Hey, we should totally do a podcast." If I had said westerns, would you have been able to kind of hold your own in a westerns podcast? Yeah, I, I like westerns. Oh, okay, and, uh, you know. are we switching? Are we going to start doing <laughs> westerns? <laughs> Everyone does horror podcasts. Howdy, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's really cut the audience. We're just going to call it chewing the scenery. 
Western podcast. Chaw in the scenery. Chaw in the scenery. It just occurred to me while you were talking, like, it sounds like you know a lot about Westerns. Well, I like watching you know, I, I was like, when, when I was a kid, like, uh, you didn't have much choice of what to see. I'd watch anything with flying saucers, anything with the promise of a monster in it. Uh-huh. And Westerns, because you're pretty much guaranteed a bit of violence in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some action would, would occur at some point. Yeah. Uh, and it was exotic to me, you know. Was, sure. You know, deserts were like it's just, you know, completely alien to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I just, I just grew up liking them. Yeah, you had a better chance of running across the Eiffel Tower than you did a desert. Right. Yeah. But um, I mean, you two grew up in the West, so yeah, yeah pretty I much. hated westerns. Yeah. yeah. So you were sick of them. Yeah. Yeah, we never watched any westerns. Like, <laughs> yeah, we we had a weird like thing. We had moved from Chicago to northern Idaho, so I went from uh, the city to the Pacific Northwest, well, inland Northwest, and it was there was a lot western about it. It was you know there wasn't red dirt or anything like that, but you would drive through North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, those kind of places to go back to visit you know, depending on which route you took. And it was always like, oh, my God, is this ever going to end? You know. Yeah, I've I've driven through Northwest. Yeah. So Montana goes on forever. I I, I like it. I'm not, I wasn't complaining about it. (laughs) Driving hour after hour through forest is lovely. Yeah. Well, when you get into the trees, it is pretty cool. But when it's just like wasteland, it's like, oh, God, I, I can see why a lot of people in the Old West just died out here. <laughs> just gave up. <laughs> the, the boredom got them. Yeah. <laughs> then, then the thirst. <laughs> Have you ever driven from like uh, northwest uh, Colorado, like the Dinosaur National Monument? No. And then you come down the highway, and it's just like Mars. It's just all this looks like lava bed for. No, I haven't driven ages that. and ages. And just, I have to check it out. Yeah. How about the sand dunes? Have you gone to that? No, I haven't either. I've seen a lot of photos of it. I think those would be a couple of good places to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, there's so much different geography here. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go very far to find it either. So it's an interesting part of the world. But I wouldn't recommend it. It's really expensive. Yep. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to say about this movie before we uh, put a bow on it? Wow. <laughs> Someone's in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden you hear the booly, booly, booly as the <laughs> rabbits are chasing them. <laughs> That's the noise they make. They do. Their little paws. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's Easter. Um, yeah. It's Easter. So we should either pick something involving something coming back from the dead or. Yeah. Well, we eased. So, so we've done the rabbit. Yeah, we eased into it with the rabbits. <laughs> so. I can only think of one chocolate-themed horror movie, but... Uh, Which one's that? Uh, Blood and Chocolate. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say... Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. <laughs> oh, there's that one. That's much scarier. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Should we pick a zombie movie each? or? I, I would I would definitely do that. Um, okay. Will, are you up for that? Sure, I'll watch a zombie movie. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do that, and we will reconvene in a week and entertain our listeners some more. <laughs> So, until next time, thank you for listening. Stay Stay off off the moors. Booly, booly.